spirituality, consciousness, health, and mindset. Welcome to the Ascent Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chris Hopper. And I'm Dan Harrison. Together, we are all wisdom and knowledge. I'd like to argue that we do have free will. And I think that, you know, we have programs that we can be manipulated. And I think that we have and live in a society where we've been suppressed and there have been certain systems that have been imposed upon us to limit our ability to maximize our own programming, to maximize our ability as a human and to create more choice. Because those robots look like human beings and they have the bodies of human beings then you start to feel for them as though they are human beings but now let's just imagine that those robots weren't they didn't look like human beings you know if they were just in like square boxes and they looked like a a drawing of like what we typically perceive as a robot we might feel a lot like smaller degree of empathy or if it was shaped like a laptop we would probably feel a lesser degree of empathy For me, like, I don't think there is a threshold for consciousness. As I mentioned, I just think there's a threshold for when it becomes similar enough to our own that we start thinking it's like very close and we become empathetic towards it. And I've considered before, yeah, number one, free will. Number one, am I a freaking robot in a simulation? Hey, what is up, everyone? This week on the Send Podcast, we have a very interesting, wide, broad-ranging conversation with our brothers, Matt Belay and Michael Sanders. And in this podcast, we discuss conscious humans or sophisticated automation. Yes, I know, very deep. But if you're not familiar with Matt and Michael, Matt is an author, athlete, coach, speaker, and founder of Zen Athlete, and the host of an epic podcast called The Matt Belay Podcast. And Michael Sanders is a storyteller, explorer, entrepreneur, mover, lover, and he's the partner in Sun Moon Energy. He's also the partner in Love Evolution, which is about the evolution of love on the dance floor. And both of these guys are just two amazing human beings. And this is actually both Matt and Michael's fourth time on the podcast, and this certainly won't be the last that these two are on. So anyway, within this podcast, we delve deep as always and talk about the concept of conscious human or sophisticated automation. So I watched the full TV series of Westworld and it's really got me thinking about all these different concepts lately and and I've been taking the narrative loops in Westworld and comparing them narrative loops to the loops that we play in society and if you look at through all of our lives it seems to me that throughout all my life and now we are constantly being being bombarded by code and information and every time in life we're encountering all these different situations. We're actually being injected with these new bits of code every single day. Ideas, fears, emotions, and so much more. And I'm sure you guys and girls listening to this podcast right now have also asked yourself on many occasions, are the things that I'm actually doing right now coming from within me or something else? I know I do every day. So this episode and every episode from now on is brought to you by you. So you can now go to our Patreon page and choose one of the cool reward tiers and support the podcast. 
And if you don't know what Patreon is, Patreon supports the podcast directly. And you can also get to receive some really cool rewards in the process. Currently, we have five tiers of rewards set up for you guys. We have reward tiers called Hidden Citizens, Pursuit of Knowledge, Seeker, Awakened Mind, Enlightened Ones, and the Paradigm Shift. And each tier has lots of different fun rewards. You might get a cool binaural beat, a guided meditation every month. Or why not be a part of our brand new Ascend Conscious Hub, where you get access to other Awakened Minds, including me and Chris, and guests from the podcast. And we're also doing live videos, group discussions, bonus content, Every Thursday after each episode, we'll be having a group discussion about this week's podcast. And why not even be a part of something epic? The Ascend Community Podcast, where you get to come on the podcast and have your say on the podcast and be heard by me. And all this is extremely simple. All you need to do is go to the Ascend Podcast website and click on the Patreon page and click the Patreon link. Patreon gives you, the people, the power to come together decide is this a conscious idea so anyway without further ado let's jump in with this conversation enjoy anyway boys do you want to, do you want to jump in yeah let's do it yeah anyway so no messing about let's just jump straight in right to the deep end but obviously i know yes. like i know you've just been saying before you obviously you guys know westworld and um, I know Michael definitely's aware of Westworld because he's getting his uh, cowboy suit <laughs> ready for it. But um, just obviously, just for the listener as well, who obviously just to paint a bit of picture for the listener who doesn't know what Westworld is. Um, basically, it's just exploring the conversation of like when does AI become conscious, and basically they've like created this world where they have these like full artificial intelligent beings and the host have these like human bodies, and they really do function in the same way basically that we function as well. And, but these hosts have been like programmed to be controlled by the theme operators. And then obviously the super rich can go in and do basically participate in the computer game, have sex, fight, taste, touch, do whatever they want. But these hosts are really raising some very interesting questions and really touching on the threshold of like consciousness. So anyway, all the hosts are playing these like narrative loops and these loops are constantly resetting like every day and every night. And they're playing over and over again. And that's got me really thinking... Um, and taking the narrative of Westworld and comparing it to the narrative loops that we play in society. And if you look at all our lives, it seems to me that throughout my life, all these different situations that are coming up in my life, in a way it seems that I'm, we're actually being injected by these sort of these new bits of information or new bits of code every single day, like ideas, fears, or whatever it is. But, and I'm sure you boys have actually thought about this as well and tried to transcend that concept from Westworld into your lives as well. <laughs> but... Are we actually, because I've been asking myself this, are we a con- conscious human being or are we actually a sophisticated automation? Are we both? Yeah, I mean, I think just to preface listeners, we should probably say that there's going to be a few spoilers in this conversation. Yeah. So if uh, if you haven't seen the show and you really want to, we might be disclosing some plot points. So just keep that in mind. I was going to say, Michael, um, I was going to say just before that, Mike, I was going to say there might be a few spoilers, but I still, I'm still, I've watched the first episode and I still don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> okay, cool. Because like, yeah, I mean, it's the, I've... Yeah, I've had those same contemplations and like even to the point where I'm wondering if Jonathan Nolan and I uh, something Lisa Joy, the creators of it are like 
AI themselves and they're, sh- they're showing the rest of us yeah, yeah. Um, the, the truth the same way that towards the, uh, as the season progresses, some of the hosts start showing it to the other hosts. Um, and like from even, uh, you know, like the perspective of DNA, Watson and Crick, the discoverers of it, theorize that DNA originated from elsewhere in the universe and then arrived to our planet via asteroid had an interaction by hitting planet Earth, and then that catalyzed the evolution of various species. And like, if you consider that, it's as though DNA is a biotechnology from which we've evolved. So, you know, like this, the the concept that really fascinates me that Westworld explores is the threshold for consciousness. And for me, though, I don't think there is a threshold for consciousness. There's just a threshold for when it becomes the consciousness becomes similar enough to our own consciousness that we start then feeling a greater sense of empathy and compassion for it. Um, Because like, as I was watching Westworld, I started having the contemplation about like, okay, so because those robots look like human beings and they have the bodies of human beings, then you start to feel for them as though they are human beings. But now let's just imagine that those robots weren't, they didn't look like human beings, you know, if they were just in like square boxes and they looked like a, a, a drawing of like what we typically perceive as a robot, we might feel a lot like smaller degree of empathy or if it was shaped like a laptop, we would probably feel a lesser degree of empathy. So then it made me like consider my the sound system in my house, for example. I'm like, oh, like I hope my sound system enjoys the experiences I subject it to because in a sense like I'm humans myself included like we essentially enslave these technologies to do whatever it is that we want them to do and um, it's just you know I had never before considered the feelings of my sound system but then in this context I did because for me like I don't think there is a threshold for consciousness as I mentioned I just think there's a threshold for when it becomes similar enough to our own that we start thinking it's like very close and we become empathetic towards it well yeah um, I love that I love that um how you said that because when you said their DNA um sort of like biotechnology because just uh, something in my mind there Jer- Jeremiah Nobby talks about how um like DNA could be this DNA could actually be this like more sophisticated storage system ever created, and I think that's mm-hmm. so beautiful. I just loved how you said that. I wanted to bring that up, but as well, what you're talking about there sort of ties into my mind. There, Michael, sort of like free will, like when you're talking about like how to decipher are these machines sort of conscious or they're not, and it ties into comes in my mind there like sort of free will because it seems to me that we we have we may seem to have like sort of like free will because obviously all the choices that we can make in life, but as well. However, it still seems to me that a lot of our choices in life are also calculated as well. So everything that we've sort of interacted with prior in our life, in our minds, and we sort of it creates this process in our mind. We actually put like a a selection of options forward for us to decipher which one we want to choose from and make a decision in that moment. Mhm. Yeah, I mean, are you guys familiar with Sam Harris? Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I've heard yeah. Sam Harris. Um, he, he has a book called Free Will. I've read it, and I hope I'm not misremembering it, but I'm pretty sure his premise is that we don't have free will, that everything's deterministic to the point that, let's say you hold out your left and your right hand, and you're debating between whether you're going to squeeze your left hand or you're going to squeeze your right hand. 
And he suggests that no matter how many like different contemplations you go through, if you like try to fake yourself out, like, oh, I'm going to squeeze my right hand, but then you actually squeeze your left, or then you make all these series of decisions that every single contemplation was all determined in advance based on your prior experiences. And so he suggests that there is no free will. Um, for me, like, I find that that's like, um, feels containing and limiting. However, I just like where I'm at now is I just don't know that our words do the concept any justice because I think like there's determinism and free will that exists simultaneously and paradoxically, but from our limited human perspective, we can't really reconcile or articulate what it is that's happening. Mm. I think it's very interesting though, Michael, um, when we actually going into these different um, trains of thought in our mind because I've actually practiced this quite a bit recently where I'm walking down a corridor and I'll either go left or right but I'll always try to I'll say well if right's the quick way and left's the long way I'll go I'm gonna go I'm gonna go left I'm gonna go left and I'm gonna go left and I'll try and I'll psych myself out and I'll go right but always always the, the decisions always already been made even though I'm trying to psych me change and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it's like when I was um, working in my old uh, job as well um, I hated it man and it was just I actually left the, um, the place and I went and sat in my car and I tested the program and I was like just turn on the engine just drive out of here and go and I turned on the engine and I just couldn't move I was just like I've got to go back in I've got to go back to work I, like and I was thinking, is that the limit of my program? Is that the <laughs> limit of how much I've been actually programmed and I can't drive out of here? Well, it's wow. of, it was a, is a fear the program? Is that what we're actually yeah, putting yeah. it on? Uh, I, I what do you think, Matt? <laughs> I've just been listening because uh, these are just massively deep concepts. Like each individual one is its own rabbit hole, you know. Um, the first thing that I was thinking as I loved your, your initial answer on the first question, Sanders, and my perspective with just consciousness and, and having that thought with your stereo system, um, I've heard and, and, and I've considered before, yeah, number one, free will. Number one, am I a freaking robot in a simulation? For <laughs> sure. Um, and uh, with the consciousness thing, um, you know, I've heard recently and believe that everything is actual consciousness when we create this ability to you know it's not a conscious level that we would understand but it is a consciousness it's a type of consciousness mm -hmm. so we already have conscious ai i think yeah. um you know and it's its own thing it, it we it might, might not be at the level that we've developed so now we're perceiving from an above level looking down um you know, so we're like, okay, you know, this is that level, but it's not conscious like we know, but who's to say that it can't f get to our level and then transcend our level? Um, mm -hmm. Kind of like that movie Transcendence. And it really comes down to, you know, free will and programming. Programming is super important because the mind is a supercomputer. Um, and the DNA uh, strands, everything is based on mathematics. And this is kind of what I'm getting into as well, um, trying to understand this stuff. Um, you know, the DNA, we have a new DNA strand activating, right? It's like, what is it, 53 or 54? Like, there's a new strand being activated in people, and it's coding all of this information. It's all just information. So <laughs> we're expanding our level of consciousness. And with, I think that free will is a super important concept. 
And um, I'd like to argue that we do have free will. And I think that, you know, we have programs that we can be manipulated. And I think that we have and live in a society where we've been suppressed and there have been certain systems that have been imposed upon us to limit our ability to maximize our own programming, to maximize our ability as a human and to create more choice. So when you're talking about left or right or truth um, or good or bad, and we're, we're talking about polarities, right? But when you think about a polarity, a good or bad, um, you know, like eating all you can eat chicken and fried foods and cake is bad, you know, <laughs> yeah. but eating veggies and green juice and superfood is good. Well, really, there's truth in both, right? Because if I eat a piece of fried chicken, I'm pretty stoked sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, that's good. <laughs> so when you can find truth, you got this 90, you know, zero to 90 degrees. Um, you know, zero degrees is the fried chicken. Um, 90 degrees is the superfood. And when you don't reject that the person that's super overweight that is dying and they're freaking have, you know, a respiratory thing and they're still eating fried chicken and you're like, you know, your, your opinion isn't that credible yeah. given your, your certain circumstances, but I open up to the possibility that there is truth in this. And I, and now I go into your perspective and, and open myself to the truth now, because if you're at 90 and you imagine a scale and 45 being the middle, you've opened up from zero to 45 where before you're above 45 so now you have a full spectrum of reality yeah you know so it doesn't it doesn't become good or bad it just is information and so with more information then we can create more choices and that's what it is it's just more choice right and so our free will is going to dictate um, through our feeling and our connection with our body how we want to grow and that's where I think free will comes in because if we had all the answers in this dimension to, you know, people are like, what is my purpose? What do I do? Uh, how do I do this? We, the only thing we can ever do is follow our gut. And so it is learning to pay attention to our gut that's going to give – it's given me personally in my life that ability to have real self-worth, to have real self-confidence and to have real value when I'm teaching my expertise to another person because I know I went through it and I had to trust myself. But if I didn't have that – that scenario where I learned and I trust myself and I went through the growing pains, I wouldn't have that uh, deep level of confidence and learning and growth, but it was my free will to make those choices. So, you know, I just wanted to argue for free will, but I totally understand yeah. the, the predeterministic type of, of idea. Um, so that's my thoughts on that. For now. Yeah. I like that. I was just going to say as well, it, it, it's really, it's really interesting to me because it seems to me that, more people can access more of this like conscious human or free will than others and I'll, I'll, maybe that's to do like you said maybe to do with sort of the information that we're exposed to or maybe even to do with certain practices that we're doing throughout our life but maybe it's even something deeper than that that we don't understand and i just thought it was just a, a good point uh, like sort of pinpoint that some people can access more of this conscious human or free will and i think that's an interesting question why people do do that and obviously when chris was sort of sitting in the car when he when Chris told his story about sitting in the car, it's just interesting how what's that like sort of mechanism within our body that's sort of saying, don't do this, do do that. It's just interesting to try and think about that concept, what's actually, what's holding you back in your mind, sort of accessing that full like human free will. Mm. And I think, yeah, uh, to add to that, I think this, this is a really important point because uh, the confusion comes from the mind. Confusion is always in the mind, but in the heart and in the feeling and in the body, there is no confusion. 
you know, I don't experience confusion like I used to when I was a kid. You know, I have more surrender, more trust, more faith. And I listen to my body. Like my body gives me the feeling. If I go into a bar or scenario that I feel bad or I have a conversation with somebody that, you know, wants to get to know me or have it, like I'll be able to feel and sense intuitively their intentions. And I can be open, but I can also trust my my gut in every single situation. And how that's earned is through silence and actually trusting yourself. And there's levels to this. If you've never the thing so the the most fundamental thing is that we're programmed to look outside of ourselves for answers. Mm-hmm. So I've read a shit ton of books and I have done a, a shit ton of processes. And I also know, and I've heard it before that you don't actually have to do any of those things. Um, you know, it's true. <laughs> like you just, you don't have to, what you need to learn how to do is start to trust yourself and yeah. in trusting yourself and asking source or nature or your higher power, um, you know, uh, you know, I want to, I want to grow and I want to be of service and I want to have a loving, expansive life. Um, you know, that, that is in harmony with nature. Think about, you know, rather than spiritual, just natural law, right? So if we're like, you know, I love a native culture, like traditional Indians, cause they were, they eat, you know, meat. Like I, I used to be a just straight up meat eater, but now I'd say like 90% vegetarian, but before I would just murk every single cow, you know, I'm taking down like 20 cows a year myself, not being conscious of what I'm doing, you know? So when, when that culture would, um, take an animal's life, they would take everything and they would have such reverence for it and such gratitude and they were in natural law, you know? So it's coming in natural law with yourself and the body has all the information. So as you learn to tune in and silence your dumb, dumb brain, yeah. the one that is fear-based, that's trying to go get shit, you're only confused because you're trying to acquire or get something. Just relax, take three deep breaths, calm your mind. What does your gut say? What does your heart say? And move there. And then it kind of, you know, and then it goes out of this, you know, free will thing where it's almost you give yourself to spirit. So it's almost like you now don't have free will, yeah. but it's a, but it's a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? It's like you're of service with mother nature of this higher perspective that's creating all life, but you're in harmony with it. And you're like, you know what? I'm on your team and I'll listen to you because, yeah. you know, you're harmonizing everything. And so it's like losing free will, but in a in a way that you do it willingly. Yeah, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, Matt, as well. There, um, I think that's what you, the process that you were sort of explaining there to me in my life. That's sort of like listening to that voice inside you, like inside inside yourself, because it's it's about like create, creating that relationship with that that little voice that sort of creeps up all the time. Because all throughout all throughout your life, that little voice creeps up all the time, and it gives you this doorway. <laughs> it gives this doorway for you to connect with it. And I think a lot of times you can. You can be on it, running these loops, sort of like these loops in Westworld, where you actually can't hear the little, can't hear that little voice. But it gives you so many chances, and eventually, if you do connect with it, that connection with that little voice becomes bigger and bigger, and it expands into something beautiful. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, like I agree with you guys wholeheartedly, and that little voice, like, is just who I'm, who I am, all the time now. And um, but just to play devil's advocate and to bring up a cool um philosophy that's demonstrated in westworld is like the guy ford anthony hopkins character right yeah he's cool like as well. he he's the he's the creator of that world and it, at least you know he he helped build the ai he's um been there since its inception and he helped create that world but as it progresses like you you realize that maybe he is not that benevolent 
of like of a creator or of a god that like the AI might perceive him as. So it's interesting because like you go to this, let's say, higher level of consciousness to a creator who is then doesn't really know what he's doing or doesn't necessarily have the best intentions. And that's a plausible scenario. It's not what I feel is happening, but I just think it's like a cool thing to explore. And it was brought to light in Westworld. Yeah, definitely. Just before as well, um, when we just to go back as well, when Matt was talking about the sort of the conscious like human being, this like talking about free will and stuff, it's interesting to me because when we start peeling away them layers, and peeling away the layers of that code, sort of say, yeah, actually that's like like Matt was saying, it's sort of basically just connecting back to that sort of connecting back to thyself. That's what it's sort of like. But it's yeah. interesting because when you start um, questioning like the nature of the human experience and sort of seeing are we a machine and things like that and how we perceive the things that we actually do in our mind, it's really interesting because I think very quickly um, what we think of actually reality, it actually begins to unravel in this weird way and you actually realise that most of us, most of reality maybe actually just be constructing our minds and our brains are always actually being selective to what actually we focus and what we ignore on. Mm. It's like our brain saying, like, filling in the blanks in order to make sense of what's, like, happening. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, dude, do you guys ever watch the Darren Brown where he, uh, do you guys know who Darren Brown is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so he does so many different things. You know, my my background in studying psychology and, not not persuasion, but it's, like, wanting to master myself. So I got into hypnosis, self-hypnosis, persuasion, mass hypnosis mass persuasion right so people do that they fill in the blanks so that it filters into their belief system so one of his experiments is he has a person you know go up and ask somebody for directions and then there's a you know a guy that comes through with a board and it separates the two and then he switches to people and so it switches it to a different people and people don't question it and he even switches it from a white person to a black person and you know the most that they'll do is go like huh like i thought it was someone else and only like one person's done that because our minds fill in the blank and that's a fucking scary concept so you know i think that there's levels of of awareness um and we're talking about uh, hmm, like free will and and being a drone many people listening to, to this might be in the stage of being a drone and that just means like you're in a repetitive loop it doesn't mean you don't have the free will to get out of it it means like you might have not questioned your own loop and if you continue to stay in a loop um you know you get up and you're in the same process every single day um that's how all of these other systems come in to keep you down it doesn't like you know it's more of a uh uh, restraining loop you know what i mean and it affects your belief systems and your habits and your things like that so it has to start in the mind where you open up past this loop within possibility um, and accessing this this ability where anything is possible you know you go from you know reality happening to you to you creating your reality and that's the difference between enlightened or awakened or somebody who you know, is in the level of consciousness, like in Westworld, that they're running their loops. And that is a very real thing. It's sad, and we can observe it, but we don't have to observe it. So how the hell do we get out of that loop? So if you're in a loop, and you don't like it, if you don't wake up and feel like you are the creator, you're probably in a loop. I fucking know I'm the creator. Now, in my own loops, I have a shit ton of challenges, and it is not easy. And it's a bunch of sacrifice, and I fuck up, and (laughs) I do all this shit, but I'm doing it on my own fucking terms. You know what I mean? I'm going to be the asshole character in Westworld that you're, you know, you're like, what the fuck is that guy doing? You know what I mean? 
like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just exploring, you know what I mean? But I, but I am, I'm expanding, you know, and you know, I've always seen that loop. And when I was in high school and seeing everyone go to university and thing, and like, it's like a track, you know what I mean? You're on a, I posted something on my Instagram from at Starseed, and it was so cool. And it's like that metal bar and the people are going through, you know, and they're like on this metal bar and I could just see the track. You know, I'm like, fuck that track. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that, you know, expansion is really important. But to, uh, to first question, if you're in a loop, do you like your life? Do you feel like you're the creator? What are you basing, uh, you know, your next month on? Or, you know, does your, does your next week and next month and next year and next 10 years look the exact same? And does that get you stoked? If you can't say yes, then maybe you you have these loops and patterns that you're unaware of. But a lot of these systems, um, just like in Westworld, they're programs. And we had, and this is an interesting thing that I've recently uh, come to understand or believe that our generation, you know, let's say you're born in the 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000, um, each decade has its own programming. Each decade is a specific manipulation process. Um, it's a specific. Mm, imp, like imposed conditioning system that uh, is it that is specifically for that generation and what they're dealing with. Because in hypnosis, you have to meet them where they are, right? So if I want to lead and persuade somebody, I need to I need to get rapport first. So it's, you know, if you're out of shape, I'm like, you know, like I had a friend of mine and I talked with a friend and he was really out of shape. And the guy that's out of shape is like, oh shit, I'm out of shape. And I was like, yeah. At first, he's like, oh, I can't do. It. He's like, well, I feel like that too. And I'm like, but then he started to think, well, maybe if I could go to the gym once a week. And then he realized maybe I could. Well, if I could do once, I could do two or three. Then all of a sudden. Two or three weeks later, we've been going to the gym, and he starts to feel better. Then he started to change how he eats, and now we, we line up from where they are, and I can take them to where I want them to be, going to the gym, eating healthy, using it positive, right? So they meet you where they are with your current surroundings and, and put in, you know, basically limited install limiting beliefs. And so then it's a lot easier to have a drone workforce than a free workforce. There's a reason why they don't teach any right brain meditation, self-reflection. You know, they don't want a bunch of free beings going on. There's a reason why there's a whole agenda on psychedelics, on mushrooms, on consciousness expanding uh, substances. But we're totally fine to drink ourselves into oblivion in a black hole where we don't remember shit. You know, that's fine. You know, weed is illegal too, which is, you know, absurd. So um, it's understanding really that um, – Unfortunately, the system that we have created uh, is about suppression of mind and possibility and connection with self and source. We are more connected now than ever before with uh, technology, but we feel more lonely. Suicide is up. All these things, we don't feel connected to anyone, right? You get on the train, everyone's on their phone. So it's creating that connection with yourself, uh, looking at these belief systems that you've had installed and and uh, hopefully you've had good parents that gave you possibility, but then starting to rewrite what, what feels right to you. You know, what, what beliefs that you want to install, what way you want to live. Uh, cause there's a lot, we just, we just, um, assume, you know, so much that we need to live this way. We have this like mental bear, like a good example is I got a friend of mine. I always ask like, if you're infinite, if you're God, if you could do anything, what would you do now? You could have a family and work as a, you know, a tradesman and there's nothing wrong with that. That's beautiful. You can have an amazing life. 
But if you're a tradesman and you like you have a family and you love your family and you're like, you know what, I'm a tradesman. I would love to have a cottage for my family, or I would love to, uh, you know, take them on three vacations a year. And you're like, okay, maybe you go on one vacation a year. Maybe you go on one vacation every five years. But if you never see the thought of having two vacations a year or five vacations a year, never happening, right? And that's about expanding the thought, expanding your belief systems, expanding what's possible for you. Yeah, I like that. Great answer, by the way, Matt. But Matt, as well, this is just to play a sort of little devil, devil's advocate here, sort of say, because um, when you were talking about sort of like understanding, becoming aware of them loops, I was actually thinking in my head there, I was questioning, so see if we, when you start realising the loops and you start like adding certain practices like meditation or whatever it is, are we actually just adding, adding them practices to the loop or are we actually overwriting the loop? Yeah, it's a good bloody question, man. Well, I think I think that the thing is, like, even with where I am now and where I perceive the consciousness level that I was at uh, in my early twenties or teens or whatever, it's continually reassessing my own bloody loops and questioning: Is meditation useful? Is what I'm doing useful? And the only way I can understand that is by uh, applying a practice and seeing how it feels and deciding, you know, maybe you need to meditate all your life. Maybe you only need to, like Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, did Transcendental Meditation every day for a year. And then he's like, I haven't done it since. You know, because I, I learned how to ride a bike. I learned how to clear my mind. And the way that I've been explaining it lately is like, if your mind is like a bowling ball, all this glue on it or honey i like honey better um, <laughs> and honey is your thoughts and beliefs and stuff right but through meditation slowly and slowly and slowly this honey starts to get washed off it's all sticky right and then so basically you clean your bowling ball your mind enough and then all of a sudden this honey comes in like and you get a drop of honey which is a thought and you're like oh cool like that's an interesting thought and you wipe it off but your bowling ball is clean do you know what I mean? Yeah. But there's levels of consciousness that you 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 see, and it's like a perspective that you feel, and like, oh shit. And then as you start to get more layers and more layers, then you realize it's infinite layers, and you don't know where you are or what the hell is going on, and you're totally open to growth. You know, so like you know, I I sometimes hear information, and then it makes me question all of my belief systems instantly. But I'm at a level where I'm like, okay, shoot, if you give me new information that resonates and and you know is uh something that i should consider i'll drop all my belief systems say meditation is the worst thing in the world for me right now because i learned this and that's you know that's a that's a high degree where most people are the opposite where they'll actually manipulate their reality to prove their uh belief systems and the saddest part is proving their own limitations you know they don't you know you 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 open up their mind but they want to prove to you that they're limited that they can't do it and i think that that's that's a scary thought yeah i like that i liked how you said reassessing because and when you said open a change because i was thinking in my head they used the example of the honey but i was actually thinking an example of just water so like sometimes like if you look at the if you look at the, the sea sorry the sea sometimes stormy it's sometimes hot it's sometimes cold the tide sometimes out the tide sometimes in and you've always got to be willing to adapt and change to these different environments and i was thinking as well another example my head is sort of like a compass so like it seems to me that we have these like internal compasses that's built deep within our hardware and um your compass can either be like sort of like springing all over the place and doesn't know where it's going or your compass can be like sort of like pointing in the right direction but the thing with the compass is no matter where the compass is pointing you can always pause it for a second and just stop and take a deep breath and then change the direction I think. Oh, sorry, I was just going to jump in there. I think it's interesting as well when we actually talking when Dan was talking there about um, water because 
if you like look at the ocean like you were saying Dan and you were referring that to the mind if you look like a wave's never going to be the same wave as it was last time like it's never going to be the same ripple it's always going to be different and I think that's similar to the mind even though we're getting these these same like emotions which feel similar to the past these are these are going to be new these are new every single time we're experiencing them and that's what we're going to understand each and every one of these um, feelings or emotions is brand new and we've got to like use that to our advantage yeah yeah i wanted to add one thing and then sorry sanders come in but it was definitely on that point uh i had a deep i was in uh, mount baker and every year i try to at least do a month or more where i'm completely by myself and i basically read write meditate and work uh in complete silence and so uh shoot it's like two years ago now i was in mount baker and i was doing this for uh five weeks in a cabin and it was amazing and i had like the same kind of practices i get up and there's a little uh sauna and hot tub area so i would you know go there pretty much every day and just relax and be under the stars and all that kind of fun stuff um but i was driving and it's only like a five minute drive within this little park scenario and i would drive the same loop right same thing every single day sometimes two times a day maybe even three depending if i needed to do something and my mind is just going you know because i've done the loop and i know the loop and it's the same and then i clicked and realized this drive could never ever be the same twice i could drive it all day every day for a thousand years and not one time would that drive be the exact same and so it's understanding that every single moment is different you know what i mean it is different every single second there is no experience like another experience so i think that's an important point yeah i like i'll let michael jump in but i just wanted to say that was a beautiful example <laughs> and michael before you jump in i'm just joking you go ahead no no i just i just mess with you now oh um <laughs> yeah that's it's great stuff, guys. Um, <laughs> fuck. Uh, yeah, what do you want me to say? <laughs> anyway, here's, here's, a, here's a question, right? Anyway, because I, I want to touch yeah. back on if, if Michael, just if you've got something, just jump over us, don't worry. But anyway, here's a question because um, I've got something that I, want to, I didn't want to uh, forget about this because um, but you, Matt, you mentioned it and so did Chris as well mentioned it about how um, we're talking about um, sort of like being aware of the, the conscious human sort of say and you were talking about like um, how the the brain seems to have these like the brain's filling in these blanks. That's what you were talking about. But I was actually thinking this is this is just the way my mind works. But where are them like them blanks coming from? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Um, well, the interesting thing it's a who who knows, man. These are really good deep questions, you know. So like you have a belief, right? Like somebody who has a belief that the universe is abundant, they will see abundance everywhere. When I'm training somebody or coaching in law of attraction, it's all perception, right? So you have a person that perceives that life is terrible and then they're always sick and blah, blah, blah. And they'll see something good, right? And you'll have somebody with a positive mindset and they'll see the same thing, but they'll see the goodness in it, right? So it's our belief systems that we're, we're consi- we, we are constructing our reality every moment uh, of every day. And everything that we see outside of us is actually being generated from within us, which is a very gnarly concept. Um, so our, our minds are so incredibly powerful that it, you know, the only thing that we have through this lens, and this is where free will comes in, is our perspective, right? So when I'm coaching athletes and 
and one of the very important things I say is like your perspective is everything. So, you know, if you miss the basketball shot, what's the perspective? Well, you want to make the next basketball shot. Um, or, you know, if you get injured and you're like, oh my God, I'm out for eight months and you could pity yourself for eight months. Um, or you can, you can say, what is the, the benefit in this? And an example is Bruce Lee breaking his back. And they told him he's never going to walk again. He's definitely not going to kick again. Um, uh, and so he healed himself. And in that time, he read more about martial arts. He spent the whole time learning about martial arts. And he came out and he's like, I, you know, I learned more in that eight-month period than you know, years before because I was forced. And, I, and, he, and he took that opportunity to become the best martial artist of all time. Or he could have said, this is it, right? Yeah. So yeah. when we're filling in our reality, we have to fill in everything. We're filling in the trees and the birds and the sounds and the people. That's all we're doing to construct our reality every moment of every day. It's freaking craziness um so our belief systems are what are going to shape our reality and that's why it's super important to go in and and consciously construct our belief systems because like i said on the whole conspiracy and that makes me all pissed off is that our our belief systems have been given to us Uh, i was having a conversation with a friend of mine before i came here and um it was basically around um shoot i kind of lost my train of thought um belief systems i'll get it back yeah but matt though just oh. I want to jump in, sorry i just wanted to jump in and say something but that was another good point by the way matt and i loved how you said sort of say, saying that these like these loops and these systems are sort of being sort of uh, like fed into us i liked how you said that because I, 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 I definitely know what this is but i was actually thinking like when i was talking about the blanks i was actually thinking then blanks could be like sort of like this pure consciousness so like the sort of the mind could be this like very which we know it is anyway it could be this like very sophisticated machine and our monkey minds can't even comprehend like where this sort of these blanks are coming from and where this like consciousness is coming from like within our with our human lens at the minute but i was thinking in my head there just an example like i think of is maybe it's like a like these blanks are sort of like a printer where you sort of like feed a uh, blank pieces of paper into the printer and uh, the blank pages are like pure consciousness in the printer is actually the human experience. So the, pr- the the printer receives all this information and data, and then the paper comes out at the other end, and it can either I can either look like a load of shit or it can be like a beautiful poem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like a lot of this really challenges the notion of objectivity, um, and if there is an objective reality, because we all know that our our individual reality is a construct of our own mind. Um, and like Matt, you demonstrated that with the example of like when people are switched, when they're hidden behind the boards and everybody just assumes or goes along with the idea that it's the same person as before. And, um, so it calls into question objectivity because like, from what perspective is reality objective? Like where, where can you, where can you observe it where you can see an absolute thing that is objectively in existence? And it, to me, it seems as though like reality depends upon the subjective experience and like the viewer, the observer. Um, and just like you're saying that because all of reality is subjective, then you are, it is malleable. And just like you're saying, Matt, you can construct these belief systems to enable you to do whatever it is that you want most deeply. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that those were two amazing examples i love those analogies um i remember what i was uh, i was alluding to before um i was talking to my friend and the way that i i see uh humanity right now is that we're all dolphins but we've been programmed to believe that we're goldfish so mm-hmm. 
everybody is going around in schools of, of goldfish and they're afraid of shit. They're afraid of every other thing in the ocean because we think we're goldfish. But when we wake up and realize we're dolphins, we're not afraid of anything. And then all of a sudden we're jumping out of the water 20 feet, you know? And, and so that's what I think for mental programming. And that's why I remember writing in my journal, I'm actually in my parents' house in, uh, in my old room actually where I grew up, which is kind of trippy. Um, and I remember going through this journey and it was f- such a solo journey because nobody ever knew what I was talking about. And I thought I was normal and I was not, I guess. Um, and I, and I'm like 19 and I was like, fuck. And I was like, I have to unlearn every single thing that I've learned. Like mm-hmm. I have to reteach myself how to think because this is, and that's like a, it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow, man. You know what I mean? Cause you think that people are on your side. And the thing is like, People aren't even doing it maliciously, you know, World War One and Two and people who go to war, they're not even really doing it maliciously. You know what I mean? You don't go to war to be a murderer. You go to war under the guise of protecting your country, you know, and mm-hmm. so you sign up and you and you kill people and you do things that are not in your programming. So when you're, you know, take a smaller thing like education or advertising, you're not thinking about the long-term effects that Coca-Cola is going to have on a little kid who drinks, you know, 500 Cokes a year and what it does <laughs> to his body and what it does to his pineal gland and what it does to his development. You're not thinking that. You're just doing your job, you know. Same with like Standing Rock, you know, those those guys on the other side like, you know, being cops and doing their thing maybe some of them are, are freaking dickheads because i went through law and security and some of them were dickheads that people want to be cops is like you should not be a cop uh, but you know they, they exist but mostly they're great people and they're doing it because they want to provide for their family you know i went into that program because i wanted to help people um but i realized that i could help people in a different way other than that and that's what it's about is like serving people so people come from a good space but they're unaware through ignorance of the bigger picture of, of what these effects have on people yeah what i was going to say as well i like that we in a way we are all playing these uh, like these computer characters in these different suits and the thing is obviously one might be the bad guy and one's a good guy but it's just different it, it, it literally all this all we're doing is just playing this game like westworld really that's all we're doing it's just how you perceive what's right and what's wrong that's all it is really mm. but as well what uh, michael was saying before because i want to touch on this because it's very positive to me that we still have a lot of free will and like Matt when you were uh, talking about the the guy the, the young boy in the army who goes to the army and he doesn't really understand the principles behind it but it's really interesting because that comes back to information and obviously gaining information in the mind you can actually decipher what's good and what's bad and um, before as well when I used the example of the printer um, even though we're not in fully in control of the printer we still have choice of the piece of paper that comes out the other end I like that sorry. yeah oh. Sorry, man. I was just going to come in um, on your um, what you said before, Dan. Like when the printer comes out and it's either going to be this beautiful poem or it's going to be like either words of shit. It it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be people's perceptions on how you actually see it. Like yeah, yeah. some people would see the poem as shit, but some people would see that um, yeah, yeah, like that. See that um, there were shit <laughs> words as the poem. So I think that's going to be a very interesting concept is how like perception plays a part. And this leads me on to what I was thinking there. And when I was thinking about the reality that we actually see before us, and I imagine it like is we're just watching a movie, and we're actually, and we're actually imagine if we're watching a movie and we're just going, well, that's how they did that, that's that's fake, that's how they did that, that's how they did that. That would take away the whole enjoyment of the movie, and mm-hmm. I like to think of it as living this life as a movie, and we just understand that the programs are there, 
and we're self-aware that they're there but we sit back and we accept that they're there but still we can enjoy the movie but yet this makes me think as well where is the need for change where is like where's the beautiful balance between acceptance and change oh chris man that's something that i've really been exploring recently is like this this notion of compassion right like we feel it towards other people um that's usually like the first thing people experience and then people will start to experience compassion for themselves so to like feel to to be easier on themselves to not be so hard on themselves and then but like what you're touching on right now is like expressing compassion to the whole universe and to me the notion of compassion is the understanding that each person you're encountering is trying their best in this world with the resources that they have like very few people are are out there trying to do what they don't think is the best move forward for them most people are behaving in a way that they think is best for them in that moment and then if you extrapolate that compassion to in um targeted at the universe as a whole you can look at everything and be like okay yeah like i don't agree with that scenario happening let's say in standing rock or this scenario happening um in syria but if if you express compassion for the whole universe and be like well okay the thing as a whole is trying its best it, the universe is doing the best that it can with the resources it has and then it it brings up that question does anything need to change or is everything simply beautiful and it's going through this evolution process it's just simply traveling through time without being bad or good it just is yeah like i like that yeah. oh sorry yeah mark go ahead go ahead yeah i get, yeah i want to touch on that cuz i think that's a wonderful uh statement sanders um you know what that brings up for me is is understanding that this that we're li- living earth right now is a multi-dimensional reality and it's a learning ground it's a learning ground for our souls and spirits so and it's all perfect you know it is perfect every single thing that you perceive as bad or trauma or whatever is actually 100% perfect um so somebody can go through their life and they say go to war and they see all this trauma and you know things and 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 experience of horrendous life that that was their experience for them and you have no business you know worrying about what they're doing you know what i mean if you want to go sign up and go and do something or or steal or create a reality it, that's your free will that's what we get that's our choice here everybody is allowed to experience whatever the heck they want as long as it doesn't impose on someone else you know what i mean don't go steal someone's crap those are all the the 10 laws of the commandments or whatever um but you look at it you look at one person who lives like this the whole experience in life is peaceful and joyous and harmonious um that's totally possible too right like i could be um hating my life in a job that i hated but you know i didn't have the the guts to kind of you know believe in myself to do something else so we all have the right to experience whatever reality we want and we're all doing it we are in a multi-dimensional uh uh simulation type of deal and uh error in thinking that so many people have is always looking out they're like all oh, this that and they just sit there and point at shit you're like an old grumpy man on a rocking chair yelling at, at shit you know what I mean? So you you allow these things in from TV and news, and you just point and yell at it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're you're not. And so you know my what I wanted to touch on before is that the first step 
is understanding that, you know, we're talking about these creations and filling in the blanks and things like that. The reason why that happens is because at first we're unconsciously creating. We're not even conscious that we're creators. We're not even consciously aware that our thoughts have power. And if you were listening to this, your thoughts have power. And I really want some sort of app to, to come out that will just show your internal dialogue and what you say to yourself and what you think repetitively. And then yeah. at the end of the week, it just shows you, you know what I mean? 60%, you know, positive thoughts, you know, and it can just categorize everything. And I guarantee mother F and T it with all the swear words in the world that it's going to match your reality. Every thought on abundance, on relationships, on family, on experience, on perspective. So we really need to monitor our internal dialogue. And when we realize that we are, we are, we are creators and we can affect our reality, then we make a choice. Do I sign up and go to the army? Well, guess what? By signing up and going to the army, there's a good chance you're going to create a reality where someone's going to try to shoot you in the face or your leg gets blown off. That's a choice that you made whatever guys it's under you made that choice you know what i mean and i could be on the beach uh in nicaragua doing a meditation doing a meditation retreat you know what i mean in bliss with with you know uh, my beautiful girlfriend and amazing people and dancing with sanders which fuck if you've never experienced that is a whole joy in itself you know what I mean? so i'm lucky to have created that experience with sanders at burning man and i'll tell you it's very special yeah you know what i mean so so we go from unconsciously victim, right? Victim mindset, and that's the installed belief. Fall in line. You can't create shit. Don't look within. Don't think for yourself. Um, we've got it all mapped out for you. Don't step outside the box. Don't break the rules. Don't expand your consciousness. Be afraid of everything. Don't talk to anyone. Um, when it's really the complete opposite, and you're like, oh, shit, fuck all that. I'm a conscious creator. I can choose what reality I want, and that's where the fun comes in because we have a lifetime to create a reality. It's not done overnight. You don't go like, "Oh, this is my purpose," and then, "Oh, sweet," you know, "Hey, hey, brother, yeah, I, I know you were in accounting last week, but you know, this week you've you've found your life purpose, and you already have a multi-million dollar <laughs> business. That's great, dude. How did you do that? Oh, you know, well, I just thought about it, and fucking presto, you know." <laughs> And that's where the learning and growth and joy of life is, right? Because you know now that you're you're doing it and it takes a lifetime, man. And that's where another problem is, you know, we think that it happens instantly and it's the joy of creation and it's that commitment with yourself and nature and the universe and your surroundings. And that's real growth and real wisdom. And and that's the end of my rant. Yeah, Matt, I, Matt, I, <laughs> Matt, I really did like that and I thought about that concept in my head because if this is, just like use technology, say that if this is a dream, right? We actually just need to realise that, like, realise the beauty of the dream. We can actually taste, we can touch, we can fuck, we can do everything in this dream. And we can actually, we can either decide to create this amazing, cool dream or nightmare, basically. Yeah. And, it's like, yep. And I was just the one say, thing sorry, you... Oh, oh, go ahead, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, yeah, I was just going to say as well, in, in this dream as well, we can actually help other people's dream become better as well. Mm. The ultimate purpose of the dream. Yeah. Yeah. Because definitely, it's like what you were talking about, Matt, earlier, being the, the grumpy grandpa sitting on his porch just pointing <laughs> at anything, right? Like, that that becomes the reality you choose. If you're going to just go and point at everything, which really, to me, is just a fear of going inwards and addressing the things about yourself that you don't like or that you want to change. Because if you look at somebody who's comfortable in themselves and is happy with who they are, 
they're very unlikely, at least in my experience, to be hypercritical about the behaviors of others or even what politicians are doing elsewhere or what's happening in a different part of the world simply because their internal reality is so harmonious that what they perceive on the exterior reflects that back to them. And then they serve as a mirror to enhance everyone else's dream because like you're talking about, Dan, in that they are enhancing everyone else's dream simply by their presence, their harmonious presence, and then they can help enable other people to embody that same harmony. Yeah, dude, dude, a hundred percent, man. Like, and this is, this is, this is the freaking truth, man. It's just imagine, you know, planet earth and you got a scale a frequency, you know, radio dial 0.001 up to 100 FM. And so if you start at 30 FM, maybe, you know, you, you came down as a soul and you're like, I got a lot of work to do. This is the best scenario for me to learn all these deep lessons. And Matt needing to learn lessons in Canada is observing your lessons in, uh, you know, a foreign country. I was talking, oh shoot, I'm getting sidetracked now, damn. Um, but I was talking to a uh, my friend on a podcast the other day and he's like, you know, I had this amazing perspective when I was, you know, I was going out to Africa and I was building houses and I was like, oh man, like, you know, I was feeling, oh yeah, it was, uh, it was Alexi Panos. Um, so I, I interviewed Alexi and, and Preston on my podcast and they're talking about what they learned when they were in Africa, I believe. And she was saying like, yeah, I had this perspective of like feeling bad, but then I realized you know, oh shit, like that's a perspective. Like maybe they could be feeling bad for me because like I'm just on my phone, I'm doing these things. I was like, right? Like we don't fucking know. You know, we want everyone to be fed and all that kind of fun stuff, but we don't know someone else's journey or what soul lesson they're learning. So, you know, as we do our own work, and 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 again, there's a there's a higher 5D picture that we have no concept of. I know Sanders with writing ayahuasca, and you know ayahuasca will do that to you. You're like, you don't have any idea what's going on. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Don't listen to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if you you know you can take concepts and just it's about opening up options. You know what I mean? Just opening up options. There is no ultimate truth. Well, maybe like the source truth when you see it, it's like it's just true. Um, but so zero to a hundred percent. And when you get to station you're 60 and you're grumpy and you're and you're creating a shit reality and you hate everything and then you find like a self-help book and you're like oh you know if it's not han or something it's like oh maybe like i am creating my reality start changing your thoughts start changing your practices blah 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 you boost yourself up to 80 you're gonna lose friends and you're gonna gain friends then you get up to 95 like how awesome would it be to hang out with tony robbins and richard branson do you think that those guys have a fucking 100 level life you know what i mean they're flying around on planes to private islands, helping people live in mother effing paradise on planet Earth. They're doing it. And they know probably hundreds and thousands of other people doing it. And they're all doing it. And they think the same way. They have the same beliefs. They have harmony within themselves. They don't have like a bunch of, you know, douchebags in that group that are like, you know, they're not hanging out. Well, I don't think so. Anyway, like, you know, like more like evil oil family. I don't know. Not necessarily oils evil. I'm just drawing the comparison that if you're making money out of suffering and you maybe haven't raised your level of consciousness, um, not saying anything bad, but they're not going to be vibrating in the same thing. Like I know people make a lot of money, not consciously that aware. And then you got people that have consciously created the reality and they're making a ton of money, but they're consciously aware and they have much more balance within themselves. So they're around people that can live this absolute crazy paradise on earth. And for me, 
making very moderate money at best <laughs> my whole life. I have had lit, I've trekked Everest, you know, I've done so many things that people are like, Oh my God, it's amazing. I'm like, yeah, dude, it was friggin' amazing. Cause I wanted to do it and I figured it out, you know? So I've been living paradise on earth a hundred percent and it's been mother effing dope, but I chose to create that. And now as I continue to raise my own energy, to listen to myself, to be this person that I respect and want to be within myself, uh, through consciously creating it, consciously creating who I want to be around, um, then it's happening, man. My my network of people is aces. You know what I mean? Sanders, my buddy, I can call him. It's awesome. It's really cool. You know what I mean? I'm so fucking grateful for that. So you create that by being that, right? If I'm if I'm a grumpy grandpa or a dick, I'm not going to be able to be friends with Sanders. Yeah, I love that, man. <laughs> man, I was just going to see as well. <laughs> I was going to see. But <laughs> I was just going to see as well. Um, <laughs> I would. Wow. I think I would certainly rather hang around with um, you and Michael rather than Tony Robbins. <laughs> yeah, Tony's got nothing on us. But might as well before just to jump back as well because um, you were t- you mentioned earlier in the podcast talking about DNA expanding, and uh, mm. I really wanted to uh, touch on that point because um, me and Chris have been talking about this, but some uh, researchers have like made the um, the calculation that humans and apes have like um, like share ninety eight percent genetic material. But it's evident to see that there's a huge um, difference between them. And uh, Chris showed us a study um, a while ago, and he, there was a, uh, an article on the internet talking about how we've actually lost 40 million um, DNA genes, which I thought was really fascinating. So I was actually thinking if the, um, if the theory of natural evolution is true, and we'll just use that as sort of like a ground basis, whether we'll believe it or not, but humans have actually lost over 70 million DNA uh, genes since that time like from the evolving of our ape ancestors but what's interesting was that research was also suggesting that there's um we're still constantly losing more genes now but there's also an argument as well with like my mind thinking as well that that it must mean the case that we're also gaining other genes as well but have you boys like thought about that concept and thought about what is the difference like we've actually lost and what is like the difference we've gained like in our in the evolution of our human because it's certainly clear to me that um we are becoming this sort of new kind of human to me, that suggests an approaching to the singularity, so like a simplification and a reduction in the amounts of separation. So I, I think we've touched on this before in the podcast, but like my the way I perceive the universe, let's say at the Big Bang, was that prior to that explosive moment, the universe existed in a Zen, a very still state, and from there it wanted to have an experience beyond the Zenness because. I'm sure we can all attest to it. You know, we can sit in meditation. We can spend an hour or two hours there. It feels incredibly awesome, but we know at some point we're going to stand up from the meditation and go have an experience. And that experience might not feel as good as the meditation, or it might feel better. We don't know, but we do know we're going to choose to have an experience. So I think prior to that explosive moment in the Big Bang, that it chose to have an experience, exploded outward, and then created an infinite number of separations. So whether that's separating into a planet or an asteroid or then into grass and then into trees and then into dust and then into squirrels and then into humans and then into cars and then into laptops and then into all the things that we have no um, even notion of. But the universe is then expanding into these infinite numbers of expressions And then it reaches a point where it starts wanting 
more simplicity. It's like it's sort of maxed out and it wants to come back to that Zen state. So let's say an analogy as a human would be like we've gone through an entire day and now we're like, oh, I want to get back to a meditation and come to this simple chill space to sort of recharge. So perhaps this notion of like we're losing genes in our DNA is a reduction in the number of separations becoming more of a oneness because I think we're all experiencing like a deeper connection with an increasing number of people. So it's like the things that used to be previously so separate are now becoming more harmonious, more one. And maybe we're just now approaching another Zen state, like another moment that's prior to the Big Bang. And um, one author that I really enjoy is a guy called Itzhak Bentov. And he wrote this book called Stalking the Wild Pendulum. And it's this notion of all of existence, the multiverse being a pendulum. So it bursts from that, that state in what's called a white hole and explodes outward. And then it comes back to a black hole or a singularity. And then when it gets there, it bursts out the other side into a white hole and then back into a black hole. And it's just this ever continuing infinity loop. So maybe that has something to do with the reduction in number of genes, or maybe I'm just I'm crazy. I'm completely off base. With no, it, no, that was that was a great answer. Right now. That was a great answer. That by the way, because um, something I thought of my head there. I, I listened to Terence McKenna talk, and he was talking about how he was talking about dissolving the boundaries. That's what he said. And yeah. he was talking about how we'll actually discover like this unconditional um, care and that flows through everything on the planet. So I was actually thinking, so maybe our like technological advancement and our drive is just a form of actually enlightenment. So maybe our drive to sort of like accelerate that ev- process of evolution, we're actually just trying to create a bridge between love. Yeah. Mm. The, the dissolving thing is really interesting too, because like a good friend of mine, Matt, you know him, he just had uh, his first like plant medicine ceremony with this uh, medicine called Soma which has five MEO DMT in it. And it's like a 30 to 60 minute experience that's somewhat similar to smoking DMT, somewhat similar to drinking ayahuasca. But he had this total dissolution of the individual and everything just became one. And it was very hard for him to accept initially. And uh, But yeah, it was the total, he just dissolved into a matrix of oneness. Well, I was just I was just thinking then, um, that's a beautiful uh, analogy, really, and I think it's kind of like the mind is like uh, it's taking away all these limitations, and I think that um, the DNA as well is also losing its limitations as well. So eventually, I think this is setting us up to be the next stage of human, and I think mm-hmm. maybe maybe in future, like it'll actually evolution will actually eliminate more and more DNA. But it'll realize, like the further we are in the future, the more the more and less DNA we need, and so we might even get rid of the body entirely. We might just be a whole mind where it's just in a peaceful Zen state because it feels like the body can be corrupted. Maybe we are into the stage where we go beyond evolution of the body, and we are just the consciousness. Mm-hmm. Here's here's something though, because I want to just jump in and say something there because I've had a thought about that before. What Chris was saying there, and it's interesting because. I'm I'm a bit I'm I'm a bit I don't know if I just I'm a bit um, skeptical on it because of what Chris was saying there like sort of like losing the body maybe it's just because of the ego trying to be attached to the body but with the emergence of uh, technology it is clear to say that we are we are becoming something else in something that I've noticed like us as human beings on this planet now we seem to be, we seem to be having these like 
um, creating these like human fake moments. So like in the past, we'd actually mm-hmm. like be in the experience. Um, now, whereas now we're just sort of watching the experience on a screen. And this is obviously what Chris was saying there. If we do transform our body, like sort of consciousness into the machine or whatever, that's just going to keep heading in that direction. And we are going to become like, like people talk about this virtual reality. So in a way, I actually think we're maybe just, maybe actually just creating this like cheap copy of that. And we're actually, we're not like actually connecting with the thing itself that we need to be. Hmm. Yeah, I think those are really great points. What's coming up for me is, uh, you know, the first the first is, okay, we, we ascend or we go to something different, right? So when we die, like I am not afraid of death. Uh, there's a possibility, I'm sure, that I never exist again, but I definitely don't believe that because, you know, if you can do a breathing technique and activate DMT and actually become one, not think it or hear it, but experience it directly, then, you know, you don't really get afraid of death the same way. Um, so that's real for me. And then, so that makes me think, okay, you know, maybe there's a reality or dimension or something beyond life where I am a spirit and don't need the body. Now coming back to being a human right now, what I'm learning now, or the concepts that are coming my way is that the body is the actual information. The body is storing all this information. What we actually need to do is activate the body. And it's our stupid limiting mind in our dum-dum brain that is suppressing this information. And so through our beliefs and our mental programming, so our computer hard drive, um, we're storing all this energy through memory and we're in survival state. So, you know, you have a memory, right? And then let's say you have a traumatic memory and this is so what i'm learning right now is very <laughs> it's breaking my brain and like i'm just trying to wrap my head around it but it still <laughs> makes sense i have all these memories right so let's say um you're abused as a kid right your father beat you or something now you know you you come to me for some coaching or something hey matt i want to get through this memory okay let's what are we talking about here and you're like i got abused now the second you tell me that memory it's gonna it's gonna bring a charge in the body right you're gonna be like you're gonna feel that right? You're going to feel this sickness Mm -hmm. in your stomach and fear and all that. That energy will vibrate within your body because you have not let go of the charge of that experience. So it's holding it in the body. So let's say your body is is a hard drive and we all have a terabyte. And so that negative experience is holding up, let's say, 50 uh, you know, megabytes of energy or gigs of, of memory where, you know, when you go get a coffee that stores, you know, 256 megabytes, like really small, right? But the body is always taking in this data, storing it as a memory within the bloody body, okay? And storing all these charges. And the body knows that when it's young, that, oh shit, I don't, with the amount of information I'm taking in and storing within the body, I'm not going to be able to transfer those charges, that that memory, and I'm going to die. I'm going to get up to a terabyte of memory, right? And then I'm going to I, – I can't store anymore. I'm going to die. So we go into survival state because we haven't learned how to transfer – and, and and basically, um, you know, pass off these memories or or break the charges. So what we need to do is break these charges. So or go through these charges. Like when they say a traumatic experience, you don't just tuck it under the rug. You got to go through it and eliminate the charge. And so what we're talking about within the body. The body is the information system. There's a reason why people who do martial arts and sports and extreme sports and things like that have a different level of consciousness, a different view on life because they're activating these different experiences and they're giving their bodies energy and their bodies are moving. Moving is super important. So I think that 
you know, with that concept is it's almost switching it and saying, you know, the actual, the body has this information and how you access this information is through breath mastery. And so, you know, tuning in more to what your body's thinking, your body knows, you know what I mean? When you meet somebody and you feel off, your body is telling you, you know, when you eat all you can eat McDonald's and you feel like shit, your body just told you, Hey, dumbass, that doesn't make me feel good. Right. So you know this. We're getting these with these overt signals and subtle signals. And the more you can tune in to what the body is telling you, the more you're going to tune in and, and move around naturally. So that's my kind of thought there is, is that the body is storing all this information and mastery of the body. And in martial arts, what I always learned is mastery of mind, body, spirit. But you start with body. That's number one. It's the easiest thing. It's like a dog. You train it and you train it and trade it. That opens up the mind and you get into mental mastery and you master your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions and your belief systems and your words and everything that you can control. And then that goes into spiritual mastery. When you start to be open up to these realms where you can start to do these incredible mind-blowing things where you get these insights that you write about and people are like i don't know what the hell you're talking about with like zen poems but you you experience it directly um right and you're like shit you know what i mean it's like that dolphin jumping out of water and everyone's a goldfish but you were a goldfish before too and you jump out of the water and you're like i don't know what the hell i was looking at i saw a boat and a bunch of assholes looking at me you know i didn't know what the, <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck they were doing but then i went down and that, you know you can't you can't explain what it was, but it's so be- beyond you, but you know it was real. So that was long-winded. That was, that, was, <laughs> that, was, uh, that was a great, by the way. Flipping hell. But uh, here's, here's something I actually wanted to uh, bring up with you. So say like, if our DNA is, if we are losing DNA and we are like sort of um, adapting more like levels of DNA as well, or activating levels of DNA, like the way you put it, Matt, I like where you put it like that. But, what what do you actually what do you actually think would be like the next level of human like humans be if we are sort of like going to that next level with DNA or activating it? Sanders. What do we what do we think the next level will be? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Um, I think whatever we want to be, like we're we're talking this whole conversation about how we're the creators of reality, and I think we have the choice, and like I. I think there's an infinite number of realities that can be experienced and like, I don't know, like, I guess, so one of the things that uh, Chris and Matt touched on is like, Chris was talking about maybe more of a, a progression towards, let's say a less physical form and just be the consciousness, just be the mind without body. And then Matt was talking about an evolution that incorporates the physicality of the body more and more. And to, to me, I think it's a choice like that each of us as individuals will have um, which direction we want to go. Like, I really love and adore the integration of the two, which I think is what both you guys are also speaking of. But like the, the body for me, like what Matt's talking about in terms of movement, I do not, my mind does not operate well unless I'm doing movement virtually every single day. Like I play and I move for a couple hours every day and like my mind needs that. And just the same way that my body needs my mind to engage in some um, contemplation and work of sorts that doesn't seemingly engage the body as fully like let's say i'm sitting at my computer or on the floor or just standing and doing work but um 
I think it was like Aristotle said, he's like, there's no human endeavor that doesn't benefit from a healthy body. Um, so in terms of where we're going, like, I, I don't know the future. And I think we could become more biotechnological organisms. But then that throws me back to the concept that we already are biotechnological organisms evolving out of DNA. Um, so for me, it's just like really fun to enjoy and observe the journey. I do think that culturally we're going to see us flip into clean energy. And I believe that, I don't know what the time period is going to be, but that we will um, have freely available clean energy at which point it's, I think, likely that we can transcend the need for currency because we'll be able to power all of our devices, all of our behaviors um, without needing to spend anything for it. And then we can also create an infinite amount of food through artificial farming techniques. And then we can step into a realm of technologies like you know, nanotechnology, 3D printing, where we're able to manifest anything that we physically desire instantaneously. Um, and I think ultimately it's us recognizing ourselves as the creator gods of the universe. However, I don't think that there actually need to be any steps along this path for us to come to that realization. I think we can embody that realization in this very moment. It's something that Matt spoke about earlier. He was saying like, he's like, I know I'm the creator. And I think that that is the evolution because we can go through a history of time, billions of years until, until we recognize and we go through all this technological advancement and all these deliberations before we arrive at the fact that we are God, or we can just skip all that and sit in stillness and realize that we're God. So I know it doesn't like answer your question perhaps in the way you are asking, but that's the way that I think about it in, you know, what the next step of humanity, I think it's whatever the hell we want it to be. Yeah, man. I love that. I'm going to say pretty much everything that you said differently. So people can have another perspective. Uh, but but I, I totally believe it. And I think that there's many paths to the same thing. So, you know, we're okay, we're talking about the, the future. Um, what I think that will happen is that, you know, we got to incorporate technology. Um, but I think that the way that the, the question's being posed is that we're being more, you know, we're going to become more than we are. When I think it's just realizing what we already are, you know what I mean? And experiencing. So it's like, okay, we have this new life and it's, we can manifest instantly, but it'll be more of a recognition of sitting down and going for a swim and looking yeah. at flowers in, in a way that you have never, ever done it. That is the whole universe and magic within that. Now, things that might be different are our ability to create. So we can already create a lot faster. We can create a house probably 100 times faster than we could do 100 or 200 years ago. Now, we create them shit pretty much, um, but we know we get them up like Ikea. Um, I'm sure there's some good builders out there. Um, but we're already moving faster. Technology is allowing us to create at a faster rate. And what I think that's going on in this in reality, as you increase your consciousness and as we evolve is that we can create quicker. So I think that there will be a time where we can instantly manifest. And I've heard it before that, you know, back in the back in the day, way back in the day when we had connection to source and spirit, we were able to speak the word 
uh, and it would just manifest. And I totally believe that. And I think that we're getting back to that. And, and so they had this, you know, that, you know, spelling as spells, casting spells. So yeah. the vibrational harmonies and notes and things like that, kind of like casting a spell and bam, presto, you have it. So I think that that'll be a possibility. I think that technology is definitely playing a role where a hundred percent, like I see it way beyond, like the process will be slow. You know, we're going to have to go through letting go of the monetary system. People are going to have to let go of, you know, they have to get through their freaking ego. You know, step one is, you know, it's a big ass challenge for some people. But once everybody does that, they've let go of the ego. They're thinking about the bigger picture. They're thinking about other things. Then we come on the spiritual development. And that's where I think that we experience life more, um, more fully and more deeply. We don't need anything beyond us. You know, we don't need any kind of like transcendental. We were there. You know, we had that experience. We can connect to that experience like in the meditation for an hour. And then we get want to be human. We want to go party and go to Burning Man and shake our butts and 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 go climb in the trees, man. But when you climb in the trees, you're friggin' present and you smell the trees and you're in it. And you're like, this is the magic. And I think it's important to realize that that is the magic. It's not something beyond that. It's already here. We're already in it. We're already doing it. Stop looking outside for more. You are enough. It's all here. You're just missing it. <laughs> yeah. like a, you know, I think there's a Zen... A poem or things like go study you know go look at a blade of grass until you realize enlightenment and you keep coming back to the zen master you know what i mean and he just keeps sending you back for the absurdity to be like dude you're in it dummy yeah. just sit there and witness it be there it's just the grass the grass is everything you know so we wake up and, and we miss the whole bloody thing thinking that we need to be more and so that being said, to go back to what the future humans, when we have sorted out all this mental junk and limitation that we have, will be able to manifest quicker. Technologies will help us. We're already, you know, horse and carriage versus cars that go 200 miles an hour. We already have it. You know what I mean? We're just going to keep increasing that. So as a society, we'll have to learn to share, but it'll just so we can sit on our butts and go swimming with our friends and actually friggin' be there. But we can do it now. We don't need any technology. We don't need anything. We can do it right now through conscious free will and choice. But what happens is you got to let go of all the bullshit you're holding on to to prevent that. Because you need this job and you need this house and you need this thing. But do you need that shit? Or could you just, you know, create a whole different reality right now through balance? Don't just quit your job. Have a plan. Or quit your job. I don't care. That's fun too. I actually had somebody... <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was listening to my podcast. Write me this huge uh, note, and it was really beautiful. I was just like, "Thank you for your podcast." Blah blah blah. I quit my job a few months ago, and I've been traveling around Thailand. I'm like, "Yes," and I was like, "That's amazing." I was like, "I'm, you know, it's working." But I hope I don't get an email like, you know, four months later, like I quit my job and I have no money. You're a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's absolutely amazing. And fuck it, Matt, I think you absolutely nailed it right there, brother. I am, and. When uh, we're talking right now, like what is the next level of humans? I think, like, I've actually I, I studied when um, I was studying this article, and it said like we are at the peak of hum human evolution right now, and obviously technology like it is the kind of like the joker in the pack of life, and I think that's it's going to be very interesting to see where that will take us. But just being consciously aware is so much more evolved than so many other things on this planet right now, and I think. Just, just understanding, like in this moment, understanding the moment right now. Just like Matt's saying, this is the beautiful part of the final evolution. The final stage of evolution is just being. It's just being present, and it's just being. It's nothing more than perfect than just being. And that's what I'm trying to say: is maybe 
we are at the stage of human evolution where we actually understand that. And I think that to me is the most beautiful part of it. Just accepting this and accepting being in this moment that is the final stage of human evolution. Yeah, just be in it, man. That's it. Um, no, I was just going to say that uh, um, we, you know, I'm me- so there's like, you know, there's mental things that make us think that it's not enough, right? So it's like, I need to get this job or X amount of money or sh- stuff like that because then I'll have the happiness. You know what I mean? Then, but you miss, you know, the Al- Alan Watts is an awesome video about, you know, people going through life and you go through grade school and it's all get here get here then you go to university then you get the job then you get the promotion and then you know around 40 years old you're like oh man like this is a sham you know and the whole time you're supposed to you know dance you know what i mean it wasn't a get there you're supposed to dance your way through life you're supposed to experience it and that's it like you know we're looking for something beyond the obvious it's to experience and grow in the way that you want to experience and grow so uh yeah i agree with you I think I think a very practical means for people to step into that is literally to dance every single day. Yeah, definitely. And to just celebrate your existence because when you are in that dancing space, for me, like all stresses, all anxieties just disappear into the illusion that they once were, and I recognize the perfection and bliss that's accessible to us in any given moment. Yeah, definitely. And if anyone anyone listening to this podcast wants to dance awesome, check out Michael's videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'd like to I'd like to double down on that one too because um, you know, actually how Sanders and I met was interesting. I was in Toronto doing something uh, at Muse Meditation. It's like his meditation headband and it's helping him with some marketing stuff and uh and uh, this girl's like, hey, like, would you, you know, me and her making friends. She's like, do you want to come to Ecstatic Dance tonight? And I was like, I don't know, man. Like, you know, I'm a hippie, but that's a bit much for me, you know. <laughs> and so so she's like, here, you should, like, meet this guy, Sanders. And I read his text, and, like, it's a typical Sanders text. It's, like, multi-dimensional. It's some sort of fucking crazy bullshit. And I'm like, this guy's my man. You know, fifth-dimensional love, awareness, and, like, cosmic. I'm like, oh, my God, like, this guy's awesome. So I'm just like, yeah, that's talking to this guy so i call him up and i was like hey man he's like hey and he's I was like i'm mad he's like okay i was like you don't know me and he's like okay and i was like what? so he's like hey man I don't, ha- I don't have time to meet you now um but i'm going to ecstatic dance tonight and i was like fuck like that's twice i guess i gotta go so i go to ecstatic dance and it's every bit as comical and as weird as you would imagine it's every bit as if you were doing uh, a comedy movie around hippies doing weird stuff that's exactly what it looks like um <laughs> But since doing that, you know, my dancing game, number one, is through the roof. I crush dancing. And, uh, <laughs> and number two, it's it's this experience and liberation of movement. And especially through martial arts, martial arts is all movement. But it can – there's some movement that's rigid. Like boxing is a little bit more rigid. Kung fu is more fluid, um, things like that. So there, martial arts is all about movement. But dancing in itself – is I think a really powerful practice because the body is moving. Um, and, and you know, when I'm getting into this concept of the body storing the energy and activating, you know, I'm really curious when I go to Burning Man and I see people who are moving their bodies and dancing in a way, but I already know that they're balanced, that they're successful, that, you know what I mean, that you can just tell they're kicking ass at life super hard by the way they dance. People who kind of just move back and forth, you know what I mean? 
they don't dance the same way that somebody who is like fully balanced as a human being. It's very interesting. And you can usually draw that comparison. So I think that, you know, to double down on Sanders, like me, you know, Sanders got long hair. Uh, you know, I'm more like a bearded gruff type of dude, you know, but I'm soft at the same time, <laughs> you know, you need, you need a buddy like Sanders to convince you to go out there. And of course, I don't know who he is. And man, this guy, what the hell are you wearing? He's wearing freaking uh, tight black jeans and he's got no shirt on the craziest long hair. And I was like, I didn't even know him. I was like, but I bet you that's Sanders. And then at the end, I was like, Hey, is it Sanders? I was like, yeah, I thought it was you. What's up, man? It's nice to meet you. <laughs> so dance. Yeah. Start to shake your bum. Yeah. Boys as well. Keeping on the, <laughs> I love that. And by the way, just keeping on the theme of um, dancing as well. And I think the next time we do this, we've got to do this dance in person. <laughs> Definitely. Oh yeah. I'll get down. Because, um, honestly, man, so, thanks so much for your time, guys. Honestly, it's been absolutely amazing. Epic podcast again. And obviously, this is the fourth time you boys have both been on. And I think next time we'll, we'll just, these literally, these podcasts are going to be like 400, 400 episodes <laughs> later down the line. Because honestly, the epic. <laughs> and you're two of our favorite guests. So I just want to say thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah. Cheers, brother. Uh, so thanks much. for having me, man. I love you guys. Same, man. Love you guys. Thanks so much for having me back. It's always, a, this is a very nice, uh, uh quad quad conversation you guys are wonderful it's always a pleasure to chat with you like great be, questions it's like being at home for you Matt. <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah big hugs we'll have to get you boys out to burning man or something or like a levolution in toronto oh that'd be awesome yeah, too, too right yeah thank you so much though boys and we'll definitely one million percent do this again definitely and ho- well and hopefully next time one time we'll do this in person because it'll be awesome and meet up yeah, we got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll it'll happen, man. We're all we're all on the same rocket ship. It'll, you know, this is the work phase, and we'll definitely have the fruits of our uh, labor phase coming soon. Thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. That was such a mind-stretching conversation. Please check out Matt's podcast and check out Michael's work at his website. And all the links are in the show notes at the Ascend podcast website. And you can now support the podcast via our Patreon page. And if you don't know what Patreon is, Patreon supports the podcast directly. And you also get to receive some really cool rewards in the process. Currently, we have five tiers of rewards set up for you guys. We have reward tiers called Hidden Citizens, Pursuit of Knowledge, Seeker, Awakened Mind, Enlightened Ones in the Paradigm Shift. And each tier has lots of fun different rewards. You might get a cool binaural beat or guided meditation every month. And why not be a part of our brand new Ascend Conscious Hub, where you get access to other awakened minds including me and Chris and guests from the podcast. We'll also be doing live videos, group discussions and bonus content and every Thursday after each episode we'll be having a group discussion about that week's podcast. And all this is extremely simple. All you need to do is go to the Ascend podcast website, click on the Patreon page and click on the Patreon link and check out the cool rewards and goals. Patreon gives you the power to come together and decide is this a conscious idea. So anyway, we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Peace.